booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather, and here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The president's highly controversial disinformation board is derailed and its director has resigned. A new financial secrecy index finds the U.S.'s tops when it comes to providing financial secrecy to people like dictators, oligarchs, and wealthy tax dodgers. Elon Musk responds on Twitter to a secret recording of an executive at the social media platform poking fun at his Asperger's diagnosis. The alleged Buffalo shooter made his massacre plans public on Discord before the killings of 10 people, but nobody in the chat called cops. President Biden's enacted the Defense Production Act in order to ramp up production of -of out-of-stock baby formula. President Joe Biden's disinformation board is in limbo. The Department of Homeland Security's highly criticized disinformation governance board is being reevaluated by an advisory council. Also, Nina Jankowitz, tapped as director, has resigned. She was under fire for previous comments about things like pushing Russiagate lies and suppressing the posts that Hunter Biden laptop uh, had been reporting by the New York Post. It came under fire for the possibility of limiting free speech. Here's a new White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre. It's going to pause. There's been a mischaracterations from outside uh, outside forces. And so now what we're going to do is gonna, we're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment. But the work, does, the work doesn't stop. We're still going to continue the work. The DHS is still going to continue the work. Okay. In a joint statement, Representative John Cato of New York, a ranking member of the House Committee on Homeland Security and Representative Mike Turner of Ohio, the ranking member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, told Fox News Digital, the suspension of the DHS Disinformation Governance Board is by far the best decision that's been made when it comes to this Orwellian entity. From its initially botched rollout, the Ministry of Truth lacked a defined mission or even direction, It was clear, they said, that it was a political tool to be wielded by the party in control. The U.S. has been ranked first and worst in a global ranking for countries which provide financial secrecy to people like dictators, oligarchs, organized criminals, criminals, and wealthy tax dodgers. The Financial Secrecy Index 2022 released yesterday It calculates each country's score by combining how intensely the country's financial and legal system allows individuals to hide and launder money. Carla Mera is director general of the Financial and Economic Analysis Unit in Ecuador, and she spoke to the Tax Justice Network about the U.S. high ranking on that list. One of the most harmful factors behind the U.S. position is... um, actually refusal to reciprocally exchange information with other countries' tax authorities. The U.S. secrecy ranking stands at 67 out of 100, with 100 being total secrecy, and it provides some 25% of the world's financial services. It is found to be the world's number one financial secrecy provider by the Tax Justice Network, the charity which produces the Financial Secrecy Index. 
Well, Elon Musk called out a Twitter executive who was caught mocking the billionaire's Asperger's in a new late release video from Project Veritas. Alex Martinez, identified by Project Veritas as Twitter's lead client partner, was recorded at a bar calling Musk special needs, saying he's Looney Tunes and decrying Musk's efforts for free speech on Twitter. He has Asperger's. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So he's special. You're special needs. You're literally special needs. So I can't even take what you're saying seriously. Musk tweeted, Twitter exec trashing free speech and mocking people with Asperger's. The billionaire pinned that tweet to his Twitter page. Musk also separately tweeted a frowned emoji in response to the video. Project Veritas is an American far-right activist group founded by James O'Keefe in 2010. Well, a half hour before a suspected Buffalo shooter, Peyton Gendron, invited a small group of people to join a chat room online Oh, that according to law enforcement. Nobody in the chat, however, alerted law enforcement to his posts. The posts included pictures of Gendron often posing with his gear and the weapon that officials say he allegedly used to carry out the shooting. He also shared hand-drawn maps of the Topps grocery store where he allegedly killed 10 people Saturday and injured three others. Buffalo resident Brady Lewis said he spoke to Gendron a day before the incident. He looked strange in the neighborhood, but he had a genius shirt on, so I wanted to see if he was a genius. And we sat and talked about string theory, critical race theory, uh, the beginning of civilization, and, and he seemed like he was a genius, actually. In a statement, a spokesperson for Discord said that hate has no place on Discord. Meanwhile, Gendron remains held without bail, charged with first-degree murder. President Joe Biden on Wednesday invoked the Defense Production Act to speed production of infant formula and authorized flights to import supplies from overseas. That as he faces mounting political pressure over a domestic shortage caused by the safety-related closure of the country's largest formula manufacturing plant. The Defense Production Act order requires suppliers of formula manufacturers to fulfill orders from those companies before other customers in an effort to eliminate production bottlenecks. Biden is also authorizing the Defense Department to use commercial aircraft to fly formula supplies that meet federal standards from overseas to the United States in what the White House is calling Operation Fly Formula. I've directed my team to do everything possible to ensure there's enough safe baby formula and that it's quickly reaching families that need it the most. This is one of my top priorities. And I'll continue to keep you updated on our progress. Supplies of baby formula all across the country have been severely curtailed in recent weeks after a February recall by Abbott Nutrition. The sun will come out tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're expecting mostly sunny skies with a high of 72. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center for today, calling for rain, the high 59, an 80% chance of precipitation likely exacerbating those traffic troubles Joe was talking about. Overnight, it does clear, turning partly cloudy, the low 60. And besides mostly sunny skies tomorrow, some light winds to 13 miles per hour. Right now, we do have rain, 56 degrees rain here in Manhattan. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Republican turnout is up and Democratic turnout is down at the polls so far in this all-important midterm election year. Republican primary voters 
showed up in droves in Tuesday's primary contest, and it's a girly sign for Republicans who are working to regain majority control of both the House and the U.S. Senate in November. Republican voters made up 54.9% of the turnout in Idaho, Kentucky, North Carolina, Oregon, and Pennsylvania, according to data that's been compiled by JMC Analytics and polling. The figure jumps to 60.9% of turnout when all 10 states that have held primaries so far this year are included. RNC Chair Ron Romney McDaniel on Fox News. I, I think the thing that we're taking away from last night is, first of all, Republicans outpaced Democrat turnout by 100,000 votes. It's the first time we've ever beat the Democrats in 10 years in this type of primary situation. So far in 2022, overall voter turnout is up 13 percent from 2018, according to JMC Analytics. And that number is driven by an approximate 30 percent increase in Republican voter turnout. Well, Democratic turnout is down 6 percent. President Biden's administration is bracing for a wave of violence when the U.S. Supreme Court rules on Roe v. Wade in June or perhaps July. Fox News confirmed Wednesday a May 13th memo from the Department of Homeland Security details ongoing investigations into threats to burn down or storm the U.S. Supreme Court building. Axios first reported on the memo threats against the court arose last month after a draft majority opinion overturning Roe v. Wade was leaked to the press. President Biden has not made any public comments regarding abortion. The Supreme Court is expected to hand down the ruling in June or July. The court's conservative justices have already faced targeted protests outside of their homes following the leak. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis Monday signed legislation making it illegal to protest outside of a private individual's residence. Pro-left Twitter is reeling after the world's richest man, Elon Musk, claimed that he will be voting for Republicans in the upcoming midterm elections. During a live episode of the All In podcast at a Miami Tech conference, Musk told his hosts that he would be voting Republican in the upcoming elections. This is a reversal of Musk's track record of almost exclusively voting Democratic. The Tesla CEO provided some insight into the reasoning for his political switch claiming Democrats are controlled by special interests. The Democrat Party is overly, overly controlled by the unions and by the uh, trial lawyers, particularly the class action uh, lawyers. Um, and generally, if, you, if you'll see something that, doesn't, that is not in the interest of the, of the people, um, it's, it, on, the, on the Democrat side, it's going to come because of the unions, uh, which is just another form of monopoly, and the, uh, the trial lawyers. Here are some of the tweets. Former chief of staff to former Governor Andrew Cuomo, Lindsey Boylan, wrote, This man just wants attention. He may be the richest man in the world for a time, amongst the most powerful, and he cannot stop seeking attention to have so much and feel so little. How depressing. Conservative comedian duo The Hodge Twins tweeted, Elon Musk just announces he's voting Republican. Well, what would you expect from a genius? Independent journalist Tim Poole wrote, maybe the left should reflect on why people are fleeing from them. Former Minneapolis police officer Thomas Lane pleaded guilty on Wednesday in the killing of George Floyd. He pleaded guilty to the charges of aiding and abetting the manslaughter in former officer Derek Chauvin's killing of Floyd back in 2020. Here's audio from Lane's camera the day of Floyd's death. We warn you, the audio may be a bit disturbing. I see your hands. 
fair, man. Say the car. Let me see your other hand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me see your other hand. Please, please. Both hands. Put your hands up right now. Let me see your other hand. As part of his plea deal, Lane agreed to a sentence of three years that will be served concurrently with his federal sentence for violating Floyd's civil rights. That sentence has yet to be issues issued rather. And Lane's guilty plea comes a week before the two year anniversary of Floyd's murder, which is expected to set off nationwide protests against police brutality. Two other officers are still set to stand trial on criminal charges next month. Defense attorneys representing Michael Sussman in the first trial stemming from special counsel John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia probe signaled they were contemplating moving for a mistrial. A request the federal judge presiding over the case said Wednesday he was not inclined to grant. Sussman's attorney, Sean Berkowitz, on Wednesday afternoon said he planned to argue for a mistrial today. It's due to a back and forth that came from the hours-long questioning and testimony of former Clinton campaign general counsel Mark Elias. Former South Carolina Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy weighed in about Sussman's involvement on America Reports. I don't know about you, but I can't get a meeting with the general counsel for the FBI. I, I can't get a meeting with a, with a line agent in Topeka, Kansas. So how in the world did Clinton's lawyer get a meeting with the top lawyer at the FBI, and does he not have Internet access? And the judge said you should be prepared to deal with witnesses tomorrow. Of course, meaning today said that yesterday, Judge Christopher Cooper said, I am not inclined to grant a mistrial. Sussman has pleaded not guilty to lying to the FBI. If he's convicted, he faces five years in prison. 77 WABC time check at 515. Luke Lograno here for Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Thanks, Deb. Hi, everyone. Luke Lograno here with your early news sports update. The Rangers made their return to the ice last night. They were in Carolina to play the Hurricanes for game one of their series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Blue Shirts took the lead early on a Filipino goal and held the lead until Sebastian Ajo scored for the Hurricanes late in the third period. They needed more than 60 minutes of play in just over three minutes into the overtime period. Ian Cole put the game behind us. Down in front by Troop has been on a long time. They score! Ian Cole, the veteran defenseman. Just threw it at the net, and it got by Shesterkin. Carolina wins game one in overtime, 2-1. to one. Sean McDonough on the call. Hurricanes beat the Rangers 2-1. to one. Game two will go down in Carolina tomorrow night. Over to baseball, some good news and bad news for Mets fans after that game with St. Louis. The bad news is star pitcher Max Scherzer pulled himself from the game after five quality innings with discomfort in his side. He's scheduled for an MRI this morning. The good news is that the Mets offense did the heavy lifting without him. 11 runs scored by the Mets yesterday, including three from this Pete Alonzo home run. And Alonzo rockets one toward the gap in left center field, headed back toward the wall. It's out of here! Pete Alonzo puts a capper on it with a three-run homer! Gary Cohen on the call. Mets beat the St. Louis Cardinals 11-4. They'll wrap up their series with St. Louis at 1-10 this afternoon. Yankees also in action yesterday. They were in Baltimore to play the Orioles. The pinstripes, three runs in the first inning, were all that they could get, but would prove to be enough with seven innings out of their ace, Garrett Cole. Yankees beat Baltimore 3-2. They'll try for the series sweep at Camden Yards later on this afternoon at 12-35. That's your 77 WABC Sports update. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Luke Legrano. All right, thanks, Luke. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain today, our highs 59 with an 80% chance of precipitation. It does clear this evening, turning partly cloudy, the low 60, mostly sunny day tomorrow, the high 74, 
Light winds to 13 miles per hour. Right now, 56 degrees rain here in the city. Frank Morano standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning after a brutal day on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average plummeted over 1,100 points, first worst loss since 2020. The sell-off worsened throughout the day, and Target's poor earnings report didn't help matters, all but confirming investors' fear of major inflation impacting the economy. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones fell by 1,164 points. The S&P 500 dropped by 165 points, and the Nasdaq lost 566 points. A new survey reveals that CEO confidence in the economy has dropped to its lowest point since the beginning of the COVID pandemic. The survey, conducted by the conference board, found that 68% of CEOs surveyed fear that the economy is headed for a recession. CEOs surveyed say they fear the Federal Reserve's efforts to quell soaring inflation will actually trigger the recession. The DOJ has sued the former casino mogul Steve Wynn, saying he had made repeated requests on behalf of the Chinese government to Donald Trump when he was president and seeking to force Mr. Wynn to register as a foreign agent. According to the lawsuit in 2017, Wynn pushed Trump to deport a Chinese businessman who had sought asylum in the United States. At the time, Wynn was the finance chairman of the Republican National Committee, a role he had been handpicked for by Trump. Facebook has reportedly secretly funded a nationwide grassroots campaign to fight anti-big tech, antitrust legislation gaining momentum in Congress, using covert operations to try and sway the public against bills that would hurt the company. According to the Washington Post, Facebook founded American Edge, a political advocacy group, in late 2019 with a single $4 million donation in order to try and kill bipartisan antitrust legislation in Washington through op-eds in local papers, critical advertisements, and collaboration with conservative think tanks, business associations, and former national security officials. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Thanks, Frank. And looking at futures this morning, more losses. The Dow down 390 points at 31,050. The S&P 500 down 53 and three-quarter points. The Nasdaq's dropped 183 and a half points. Gold up $8 an ounce at $1,823.90. Crude oil down $1.14 at $108.46. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. An on-duty emergency medical worker was shot on Staten Island last night by an allegedly drunk patient. Police say EMTs were called in to the Funky Monkey Bar that's in the West Brighton neighborhood just before 8 p.m. on a report of a disorderly person. NYPD Inspector Mark Molinari said that EMTs found 37-year-old Thomas McCauley in front of the bar and put him in the ambulance. And while being transported, McCauley allegedly pulled out a gun and shot a 25-year-old EMT right in the shoulder. Another EMT in the ambulance who was not hurt pulled over after the shooting, and Molinari and McCauley then fled out the back door of the ambulance. Molinari said the shooter was quickly apprehended. The male was quickly apprehended by a retired NYPD detective and an off-duty Department of Sanitation Environmental Protection Hazmat Lieutenant. The driver of the ambulance then transported her injured partner to Richmond University Medical Center, where he's currently in stable condition. Charges against the suspect are pending. A revolver was recovered at the scene. 
New gun regulations proposed by New York's Governor Kathy Hochul in the aftermath of Saturday's deadly shooting in Buffalo, New York. The governor announced she would sign an executive order creating the state's first ever office of counterterrorism. She said it would focus on domestic terrorism. The governor also said she would make a formal referral to State Attorney General Letitia James to investigate social media platforms that she said have been used to radicalize people with white supremacist and white nationalist beliefs. It was a case of an 18-year-old male who was radicalized by white supremacist and white nationalist beliefs. Following the announcement, James released a statement that her office was also launching investigations into the sites that alleged Buffalo shooter Peyton Gendron used to plan, promote, and stream his terror attack. Hochul said in a separate executive order would require state police to file for an extreme risk protection order that they believe when they believe that an individual is a threat bolstering the state's so-called red flag laws that exist to keep deadly weapons out of the hands of potentially dangerous people. The New York Democratic Party's redistricting debacle has worsened by the day and on Wednesday descended into an ugly racial furor among congressional members. Bronx Representative Richie Torres accused fellow Representative Sean Patrick Maloney of racism following reports that allies of the Hudson Valley Democrats suggested that incumbent black representative Mondari Jones is not ideologically suited to represent his newly redrawn district. Maloney indicated he wants to primary Jones for his newly redrawn 17th district instead of seeking re-election to his own remapped 18th congressional district. New congressional maps were published by Maloney and other Democratic leaders and approved by Governor Kathy Hochul and tossed out for partisan gerrymandering. New York Republican Representative Claudia Tenney has been a vocal opponent of the redistricting from the get-go. This is about counting. You know, they just want to make sure they can, you know, they're losing in Texas, they're losing in Florida, they're losing across the country. So they're going in and they're trying to find ways to carve up the districts based on getting Democrat wins. Right. and eliminating Republicans in the House of Representatives. Republican critics have dubbed this whole thing a hokal mander. Following unionization protests over working conditions, even more trouble for Amazon now, Governor Hochul Wednesday announced that the New York State Division of Human Rights has filed a complaint against Amazon, alleging that the company discriminated against pregnant workers and workers with disabilities. Amazon allegedly denied them reasonable accommodations as well as forcing them to take unpaid leave of absences rather than allowing them to work with a reasonable accommodation. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders spoke at a rally for Amazon workers seeking unionization earlier this month. You have taken on one of the most powerful corporations in America. They spent millions of dollars trying to defeat you. You are taking on one of the wealthiest guys in America, worth $170 billion, and you beat them. The state alleges that Amazon's policy of allowing worksite managers to override the recommendations made by the accommodations consultant has caused Amazon employees to be denied reasonable accommodations for their disabilities and pregnancy-related conditions. The Bronx Times said an inquiry to Amazon for a comment and are awaiting a response. A 31-year-old Rikers inmate died early Wednesday, the fifth inmate to die in custody since the start of this year inside the jail. 
Mary Yehuda died at Elmhurst Hospital, according to a statement from the Department of Corrections. The woman had been in custody at the Rose M. Singer Center since February 12th on a charge of first-degree robbery. DOC Commissioner Luis Molina is facing a fast-approaching deadline to address the ongoing crisis at Rikers to avert a federal takeover. During a hearing, he blamed the lack of staff as one of the reasons behind the jail's horrible conditions. We've lost 20% of our staff since 2019, and we're currently working with OMB to assess what is the right operating levels needed to operate the, the Department of Corrections. Yehuda's cause of death is pending. Fifteen inmates at Rikers died last year. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Rain today or highs 59 with an 80% chance of precipitation clearing overnight, turning partly cloudy, the low 60. A mostly sunny day tomorrow. The high 74 with light winds to 13 miles per hour right now. Rain in the Big Apple and 56 degrees. Well, Eric Clapton has tested positive for COVID-19 after repeatedly denouncing vaccine protocols. The 77-year-old Clapton Monday confirmed in a Facebook post he had tested positive for COVID and will consequently have to postpone his upcoming tour dates in Zurich and Milan. The British singer and guitarist has expressed skepticism of the COVID-19 vaccine in the past. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.